0: Welcome to Universal Joint. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill and my co-host Dustin Fuse and I are recording this podcast on Saturday, March 6, 2021. And we were just pre-gaming a little bit uh getting before the show started. And uh, Dustin, you're excited cuz you you're what? You're going to get to leave the house?
1: Yeah, we're we're in uh in, what do they call it? Stay-at-home orders up here in Toronto, mm-hmm. and uh, by the time everyone hears this, I'm going to be able to leave the house and go and buy pants. Uh, we're, we're heading out of uh, stay-at-home into lockdown, mm-hmm. um, a grey zone, and yeah, it'll be exciting to go and walk through a mall, although it's going to be a little interesting to see which stores are going to make it back into mm-hmm. uh, existence after this at least a hundred days mm-hmm. in lockdown, in in stay at home. So it's it's going to be interesting.
0: Holy cow! Okay, well, I, again, enjoy your sojourn. Uh, but we got a lot of news to cover. Uh, the lot, the lot of stuff has happened since we last recorded a new show, including word just this past week that work is resuming on Universal Orlando's fourth theme park, Epic Universe. Uh, we're going to talk about that ambitious project in the second half of, of this week's show, folks. But first, the news. And I uh, want to tell you that the news portion of today's Universal Joint is brought to you by Storybook Destination, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience, be sure and book online at storybookdestinations.com. And before we plunge into this week's show, Dustin, I uh, wanted to circle back to our last Universal Joint where we spoke at length about, uh, what was it, the cut-down version of Wicked that was presented at Universal Japan from July of 2006 through January of 2011. Uh, And I shared a story as part of that show about how over the four-and-a-half-year run of that show at at that theme park, uh, use of video cameras and recordings were uh, supposedly strictly forbidden, but (laughs) Universal joint listener guy, Eric uh, Gonzalez... Prove me wrong. Um, I, I don't. Did he send you the the info on this, Dustin? The how there's actually a YouTube video of the entire show. Uh, you know, out there.
1: Uh, it, yeah, w- within minutes of uh, us posting the show, I had a couple of people on Twitter sending me a note being like, oh, so here's the link. And I'm like, oh, why, thank you. I appreciate that. And obviously I got to dive deep into uh, that recording because it was amazing.
0: Yeah, then, uh, I, now what's kind of interesting is that it's dated July 16th, 2006. So and, and so this must be like within a week or, or so before, you know, uh, when the show started running at that park. And I wonder if the policy got put in place afterwards. Um, Because, I mean, it's 34 minutes long. It's the entire, uh, you know, show as it was presented to Universal, uh, you know, uh, Japan. Um, And now, mind you... The Broadway version, uh, that runs what? Two hours and 45 minutes with a 15 minute long intermission. So this is a fifth of what you get to see at the Gershwin theater in New York or or what you used to get to see at the Gershwin theater. (laughs) Uh, you know, in fact, what's interesting is, uh, the Broadway production of Wicked along with all the other shows on Broadway, uh, closed down a year ago this week on, on March 12th, 2020 to be exact, uh. Interesting thing though. Uh, there's talk just this week that what with the COVID vaccine and the, the, the how a significant portion of the population has been inoculated, and um, New York City is now talking about uh, reopening some of those theaters uh, for what they're referring to as pop-up events. Some of them uh, as soon as maybe next month. Now mind you, limited capacity, just uh, 33% uh, to start, but it's a start.
1: It's a start, and I wish that, you know, when you're looking at something as as, uh, disruptive to the economy Mm -hmm. as uh, the uh, COVID-19 landscape and everything that's happened, Mm -hmm. uh, I just find it heartwarming that not just people within, you know, performing arts Mm -hmm. and Broadway and just everyone in general are going to get to go back to living their lives. Not as normal, because obviously masks are still a thing, Mm -hmm. but... When Broadway starts saying, hey, we'll we'll have people come back, it's almost as good as, you know, uh, hockey games and sporting events. And as long as it's done safely, that's fine. But it'll be so long until you're comfortable in a packed house in a Broadway show. Yeah. So I'm going to be interested to see how long it takes for that to happen.
0: No, I agree. I agree. But you mentioned sporting events and what's interesting, uh, you know, again, the Broadway news broke two days ago. Just yesterday, on the other hand, word came out of California that Governor Newsom is going to uh, allow some sports venues uh, to start reopening on April 1st. But, but in, with that news came word that theme parks in california uh will also be able to open on april 1st and we're talking uh disneyland park california adventure and of course universal hollywood now and these places have been shuttered for a full year uh now mind you uh, you know again you gotta walk before you can run Uh, the plan is i guess they start with 15 percent capacity uh this is uh phase one of california's blueprint for a safer economy Uh, And if, you know, we see no resurgence of the pandemic and, uh, you know, there is is certainly a lot of concern right now, given uh, I'm sure you've heard the news how Texas and I guess Mississippi have you know, are fully open at this point, and you know are dropping their mask mandates, and it's just sort of mm-hmm. like, oh god, please don't let.
1: Well, and it's it's those variants that are going to to pop back up, and uh, I think we're we're at that point right now where the local economies are going to start to get into high gear uh, quicker than the the travel and tourism industries. But I think, as you were saying, it's it's better to walk before you run. Mm-hmm. Um, No, we don't have any news about Run Universal. But it's incredible to see that at least the parks in California are able to rehire at least a a portion of their their team members and cast members. And that it's not just starting on April 1st. They've actually started a little bit before that.
0: Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. uh, Both uh, Universal and Disney were working around workarounds. Uh, In fact, what what was it? Uh, Disney announced... On February 24th, it was going to do its Touch of Disney event, which was going to be held at, what, uh, California Adventure Park, uh, starting on March 18th, and run Thursday through Mondays, uh, basically a food and merch event, right? Uh, no rides or attractions open. <laughs> what was interesting was the um, the pushback initially on the price point for this, I guess it was $75 a person. Uh, mind you, it came with a $25 uh, you know, uh, uh, food card you could use at the event and uh, would run, and again, only uh, Thursday through Mondays and ran from noon to 8 p.m. Uh, originally scheduled only to run through April 5th, but uh, due to popular demand for tickets, Touch of Disney has since been extended to uh, April 19th. Uh, not to be outdone, Thursday of this week, Universal Hollywood announces its own food and merch event, Taste of Universal. Uh that's supposed to begin on March 12th, beating Disney out of the gate by a full week. Uh on the other hand, only on weekends, uh Friday through Sunday, uh running 12 to 7 as opposed to Disney's 12 to 8. Uh, but gotta, gotta say, I'm I'm kind of happy about the price point. The the tickets for uh Taste of Universal are $44 plus tax for adults and $25 plus tax for kids three and nine and those of you out there who have uh, Universal annual season or passes, they get discounted admission. And the interesting thing is with that, you know, that $44, the $20, uh, $25, you get five free food and beverage choices. Uh, kids get three choices. Um, and for this event, uh, Universal is going to be offering, uh, what is it, 70 uh, different food items? Uh, 30 of which are going to be new for the event. And uh, kind of intriguing, they're going to be debuting as part of this, the Minion Cafe, uh, which is supposed to be a a delicious new dining experience uh, located adjacent to that theme park's uh, Despicable Me Minion Mayhem rider on the upper lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're supposed to be offering... uh, (laughs) interesting fair. We have grilled cheese sandwiches with meatballs. Okay. Uh, we have chicken and bacon, mac and cheese. You had and, me at bacon. Okay. And then Nutella banana pudding. Um, And the other thing that's kind of intriguing about this is the Minion Cafe is going to be directly across the street from the Secret Life of Pets off the leash uh, attraction. And what's also going to be open as part of this uh Taste of Universal is the that attractions uh gift shop the 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 pets store mm-hmm. and i oh god uh, dustin it's just it's so hard to imagine that this time last year universal was in the middle of press previews for that attraction which was supposed to open you know have its grand opening on March 27th and you know, what is it, two weeks before that? The park shuttered for what was only supposed to be a couple of weeks. and Yeah, we when you
1: start going back and circling into what was supposed to happen last March, it's really mm-hmm. interesting to kind of think about how the world has basically stopped in certain aspects. <sighs> um, okay, but sure, it's going to sure. be interesting to see uh, what's going to happen, you know, with with the next few weeks, mm-hmm. with Universal basically saying, or with the, um, the California... You know, government saying, "Hey, you guys can start to open at a certain capacity." Do they bring uh, Secret Life of Pets online for April first? Because I'm assuming that it's ready to go. So we'll we'll see. It's
0: it's interesting you say that. In fact, we'll 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 get to that in the Epic Universe part of the show. Because remember that, you know, out in Hollywood, one of the worst kept secrets on the planet is that the You know, the Universal Studios Hollywood version of Super Nintendo World, right? Mm -hmm. Not Super Nintendo Land. Um, It's been under construction for the better part of a year on the lower lot, you know, out behind Jurassic World. And, you know, my understanding is that that's supposed to go live in the summer of 2022, uh, but, you know, that was always with the understanding that, well, first we get that that year where attendance, you know, at the park uh, is driven by the fact that we've opened our, you know, Secret Life of Pets off the leash attraction. And, you know, that was what was going to be on the billboards, you know, up and down the highways in L.A. And that was the, what the TV campaign was going to be. And now, you know, again, as you mentioned, you know, the whole notion of, well... You know, does that open April 1st? And and if so, you know, do you get a, you know, I want to say the, the PR campaign was was out there already um, for an attraction that didn't open. So do you do new a new set of billboards, a new set of
1: commercials? Yeah. And do you keep it local? Uh, yeah. Do you go international? Because I know for us up here in Canada, mm-hmm. that trip across the border is a little bit more complicated. It uh, is. So and that's same with our friends from the UK and all mm-hmm. over the world basically it's it's basically become this uh this mad dash to try and get everything ready at the local level but mm-hmm. you know internationally we're not going to see anything uh travel related for such a long time and hopefully it comes back but how do you uh you know start that conversation so it'll be really interesting I was actually um just to circle back on the the march uh mm-hmm. Um, uh, time frame. It was interesting because just earlier this week, I got a notification from Facebook saying two years ago, we announced that we were doing our first Universal Joint uh, experience in in Universal Studios Orlando. And I was like, oh, it's amazing what two years have done.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, (laughs) may you live in interesting times. We do. Okay. Well, anyway, we were talking about theme park stuff based on animated films, maybe by Illuminations. Did you see where just yesterday Universal announced that they were pushing back the release date of Minions, The Rise of Gru, back from July 2nd of this year all the way to July
1: 1st of 2002? And it's done. The The movie is ready to go. They've yeah. just put it back a year.
0: Well, but and, – and also we should probably point out that during, as part of this announcement, uh, they also revealed that uh, Fast and Furious 9 – uh, also got pushed back, but only by a month uh it was pushed back from may twenty eighth to june twenty fifth and what was kind of intriguing about that is the way universal explained it was that you know ye- here in North America you know it's it's looking promising, you know the the vac- you know there's this penetration with the vaccine and you know uh you know uh, theaters just opened in New York and l a uh, but overseas things are lagging a little bit and you know that and and when it comes to the fast and furious films, they do particularly well overseas. Mm-hmm. So it was the whole notion of let's give them an extra month, you know, because we want to put this out pretty much worldwide, you know in the same window of time. Uh, you know, so so you know piracy really isn't an issue. Uh, but you know the whole notion of if they're they're, they're a month behind, let's push F9 you know, a month and, you know, just send it out there when everybody around the globe is ready to do it. Whereas Minions 2, in fact, that, that's another thing that's interesting is that uh, here in North America, the film is being promoted as Minions, The Rise of Gru, Overseas, its Minions 2. Um, but, you know, uh, you know the, the weird thing is, again, just as we were talking about the billboards and that sort of thing for A Secret Life of Pets, uh, The Ride, uh, or is it going to be off the leash um, you know, last year during the Super Bowl, on February second, two thousand twenty, the very first thirty-second ad for uh, Minions aired, uh, and then the full-length trailer dropped like three days later. So, um, yeah, you're right. This film uh, is now finally done. Now, mind you, in March of last year, um, after you know, uh, you know, the pandemic happened and, and Illuminations had to send all of its employees home, they had to admit that. We can't finish the film and make our, you know, uh, you know our July 2020 delivery mm-hmm. date. Uh, so let's push this off by a year. But but the weird part of it is that the toys were already in the, the distribution channels. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, you know, in fact, uh, Drew and I were talking about this on, on Fine Tuning uh, the other night. And he recalls going to like the supermarket and it's like the Minions, the the, the, the boxes of cereal that promoted Minions 2, or the, the, the limited edition Doritos, who were all out on the shelves. Because, again, they had been prepping for this, this film that was going to you know, absolutely positively open in July of 2020. Yep. And what's kind of interesting is that in this case, in fact, it, it's I, I want to read a quote from uh, Deadline. Uh, who, when they wrote about the uh, Universal decision to push back Rise of it's like Minions is the most profitable franchise for Universal, uh, and the studio wanted to make sure that the, it, the pictures promotional partners were able to do, you know, get cash in on the film, uh, and, you know, and you know, and the interesting thing is they pointed out that Minions to date, uh, the franchise has sold uh, 3.7 billion. Uh, worth of tickets worldwide and what was kind of interesting in the same article is uh, they mentioned that you know uh, the Fast and Furious films have made five billion dollars to date and it it was interesting that oh wait a minute you know that that didn't you just say you know one of the you know didn't you say the Minions was your most profitable franchise and it's like well yeah I said profitable (laughs) not the highest grossing uh, you know, that, that if you factor in what it costs to make the Fast and Furious films versus what it costs to make the Dominion and the Despicable Me movies, uh, there, there's quite a gap. And uh, this is why, um, you know, uh, well, you know, that, that you know, the, the Minions keep getting bigger and bigger presences in the theme parks uh april of 2017 universal studios japan uh got its very own uh minion park area and in fact when uh universal studios beijing which by the way uh, is still on track for a may uh of this year opening uh it also has a a minion land and um speaking of things that open are supposed to open in may is, is that what you're hearing about velocicoaster uh
1: I, I'm hearing a lot of things, uh, not just from fans and fellow, you know, podcasters and everyone in in the parks, but also friends who are working for the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're hearing that uh, they are. Going full steam ahead, anyone who sees uh, Instagram or Twitter, they can tell that the photos of um, the on-ride cars and everything like that, it's out there. Bio Reconstruct is out there constantly giving us amazing footage um, and, and photos from in the parks and from above. But it looks like we're not only do you have the in-park atmosphere, which is brilliant. A lot of the walls have come down. Uh, You've got signage. You've Mm -hmm. got uh, Velocicoaster grand opening merchandise. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shirts, uh, tees, um, tumblers, plush, shot glasses, mugs, everything that you can imagine. It's all live. It's there. I have to
0: say that... Uh, I saw the the T-shirt with the I, I guess it's a line from the original Jurassic World movie. It's like
1: "Go faster," you know. As in, <laughs> "Must go faster, must go faster, must
0: go faster." Yes, you know, uh, get it with it. And uh, also, yeah, again, the footage yep. uh, that folks are, are capturing during the uh, the test and adjust. Um, I, you know, that, that in fact, I, I I don't know from what angle or how they're getting the shot of the. Uh, the on-ride footage of you know, where you're basically being chased by yes. a, you know a projected image of, of, of a velociraptor looks amazing.
1: Yeah. So what I what we're hearing is it's not going to be months. Mm-hmm. We've heard that it's within weeks, wow. uh, and that's that's something that obviously things can change. We're in a okay. COVID pandemic mm-hmm. world, um, but what we've seen is the fact that you have. The testing of the cars going. They they have at at one point in time we're seeing four trains on the track at any given point, which is a uh, a sign that that's kind of the limit that they're going to be going uh, on incredibly busy days. We know that they have at least five trains, uh, so one can swap in and out, but. Let's be honest, this is an attraction that will put uh, people in Islands of Adventure right around the corner from Hagrid's, which Mm -hmm. still is having issues. And I don't know why, because it's been having issues since we were there. And before that, uh, they're still not able to run at full capacity uh, to the extent where even just as recently as yesterday, there were signs out front saying uh, Hagrid's will be opening later today. Hmm. versus at the opening so that'll be kind of interesting to see two giants uh going side by side with the Velocicoaster and Hagrid's but yeah the fact that they had grand opening merch uh we've also seen some team member merchandise leak online Hmm. thank you for that um jealous super jealous um, but, yeah, we're, we're seeing that it's going to be different. Now, um, Alicia uh, from Orlando Park Stop also noted that there's uh, a rumor flying around about the locker situation. And so we'll see uh, apparently they're going to have lockers uh, instead of outside the queue and having the numbers of, uh, you know, just lines upon lines of lockers. They're actually going to be inside the queue. Uh, which will allow people to put their stuff in right before they get on the train and then grab it right before they get out, Hmm. um, which will cut down on the amount of lockers as well as the time and stress. Um, So that was kind of interesting to see that. Once again, I don't have the opportunity to get down to Florida, so I'm relying a lot on not just uh, uh, Alicia and BioReconstruct, but all of our friends in the parks. And I just want to be on this coaster I really do i I am so jealous of everyone who gets to play in the the photography and the video of this, and uh, we are looking forward to it coming online fairly shortly
0: and uh, just a quick note here uh, d- d- me personal I mean you know when we were down there uh, mm-hmm. in two thousand and nineteen for our universal joint event, you know the, the you know I think we we at one point took the group down by the water to see the you know the early construction that was going on and the fact that they've gone from you know that that line of yellow buoys that's yep. you are know, supposed to trap the debris and and you know that that you know when they're clearing the site and that sort of thing to what's there now which again just a huge credit to the team at universal creative it looks like it's always been there you know the fact that it, it blends in as well as it does um i mean that's that you know and, and it, you know that's the weird part with the folks at the university they're so good at placemaking you know if you yep. think about uh, you know Skull Island uh, Reign of Kong and how same thing giant building rises up out of the ground hmm. Uh, and now, you know, between what horticulture has done and with signage, and it's just sort of like, well, yeah, of course, that was always there. It's like, no. <laughs>
1: you know, <laughs> it was created yeah. from the ground up. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you're following over on Twitter uh, G underscore prodigy, but he's one of the universal uh, creative yes. Uh, folks. Yes. He's- Amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Amazing.
0: Yeah. that, that uh, And again, real credit to him and the team that. You know, I mean the coaster looks like it's going 90 miles an hour just when it's sitting there in fact. Yep. And you know the I, I love you know the the detailing on like the the front car where you could see the you know the scratch where the, the Raptor supposedly got it the, the the car. So um but
1: yeah, Yeah, the- and it'll be interesting the other thing that we're hearing is the uh the in-queue attraction mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting to see that there could be an attraction within the attraction queue line but it looks like there's going to be some uh some opportunities to meet and greet with the the raptors i am very excited to see what will happen but once again there's a lot of things within universal that we get excited about and then you know when it shows up who knows maybe uh something a little bit like our our epic universe conversation coming up this is true and uh, to me
0: wish folks if you give us a moment here Right, a few ads. We'll be back and chat about Epic Universe. Okay, and we're back. Um, it's it's such a crazy news week. This this couple of huge stories we we haven't talked about yet. Uh, what was it? Just yesterday, uh, Universal Orlando that Halloween Horror Night is back um, for uh, 2021. Uh, yep. In fact, what kind of interesting that. Um, You know, this is being listed as the 30th anniversary of the event. So, uh, you know, I guess last year didn't happen, was a bad dream. (laughs) I, You know, well. It was 29.5. Okay, there we go. Uh, Interesting that they've already announced that the Beetlejuice House that that just sort of got teased over the Halloween weekend. Uh, We'll be back. Uh, No mention whether or not Bride of Frankenstein lives or... Revenge of the, the Tooth Fairy will be coming back. Um, mm-hmm. But all right, so we've got dates for this thing. Uh,
1: yeah, September 3rd through until October 31st. Okay, 42 uh, days. Yep. Yeah, and it looks like um, over on the official Halloween Horror Nights Orlando uh, Twitter page, mm-hmm. they do have a video mm-hmm. um, with Beetlejuice and obviously starting out with It's Showtime. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it looks like, you know, this is going to be a, a story to watch over the next few months because we're still in pandemic world. Uh, so there's a good chance that the the experience that they're going to be bringing in are going to take uh, last year's lessons, which include the social distancing and making sure that everyone's safe, the performers and the, the guests. But the fact that they're planning this far out is exactly what we need. We need something to look uh, forward to. And we all love thinking about what Halloween Horror Nights can be. And that's just going to be incredible.
0: Well, all right. Now, uh, pivoting to the next bit of news. And and in fact, what's been kind of interesting about this story is it started with uh, an announcement from Dr. Seuss Enterprises that a decision had been made. Uh, that six books that uh, Dr. Seuss worked on, they were uh, published as far back as the, I want to say the 40s and the 50s. Yeah. Uh, they're no longer going to produce these books because of, uh, the, I believe the language was hurtful images or, or you know, get that sort of thing. And, and the interesting thing yeah, is... Herful hurtful and wrong yeah.
1: character portrayals. Okay.
0: And where this got kind of interesting is because at least two of the books, uh, if I ran the zoo, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, do have representation in uh, Seuss's landing at Island's Adventure. Uh, the question then, you know, uh, I forget who it was who pivoted to Universal and asked, okay, so you know, Dr. Seuss Enterprises no longer published, you know, these six books, two of which you feature in your park. What are you guys going to do about this? And and Universal, I want to say, released a statement to the effect of they are uh, reviewing the situation. You know, the, the,
1: the- Yeah, the, the official statement was Seuss Landing continues to be very popular with our guests, and we value our relationship with Seuss Enterprises. We've removed the books from our shelves, and uh, as they have asked, mm-hmm. and we'll be evaluating our in-part experience, too. But our guests can plan on continuing to be able to enjoy their favorite experiences at Seuss Landing.
0: Now— where this is fascinating, if you were paying attention, um, you actually saw this controversy coming over the horizon. Uh, back in June of 2017, I, the Dr. Seuss Museum opened in Springfield, Massachusetts. So Springfield, Mass, being uh, Dr. Seuss's uh, childhood uh, kind of a uh, home. In fact, what's interesting is Mulberry Street. There is a Mulberry Street in <laughs> in uh, Springfield, Mass. Uh, but in October of that same year, uh, the controversy erupted. As you went into the Dr. Seuss Museum, there was uh, this mural that, you know, that was made up of characters that Seuss himself had, had you know, created over the years. And among the characters was uh, a stereotypical Chinese person from the 1930s. And, you know, he had a, a pigtail and, you know, uh, you know, was, you know, carrying chopsticks and um and there was considerable pushback at that point about you know the fact that well, how could you do this you know I mean of all yeah. of all the images you had the shoes from Dr Zeus you put this guy in the wall, and so museum apologized re- agreed to redo the mural and by January two thousand eighteen um you know he, he that image was gone, but that was kind of the inciting event you know in regard to. Uh, this is what made Dr. Seuss Enterprises review all of the books and to determine okay, these six books, we, we probably shouldn't publish it anymore. But okay, here's the thing uh, Dr. Seuss himself, Theodore Geisel, dies in September of 1991. And he was very, very, very particular about you know licensing uh his characters you know that that you know for example the how the grinch sold christmas uh holiday special in december of 66 that only got made because theodore geisel was in the army with chuck jones and when chuck went to him and pitched the idea of you know we could do this as a holiday special it's like okay i trust chuck you know we'll, we'll do that yep. And then it was another six years, or be five years, before we got the next special and, you know, the the cat and the hat thing in 71. Um, but again, it was, you know, but he dies in September of 91. His, his widow, Audrey, is left behind. And she decides, because there are so many people because see you know uh geisel was so reluctant to licensing that there were all these knockoffs they were all of these you know uh you know plagiarized you know seuss characters out there she said i gotta start licensing this stuff so we can protect it so uh july of 1994 that's when she signs a licensing agreement with universal for uh the seuss's landing project and i also you know so But again, remember, at this point, there's only the books and there's only the Mm -hmm. handful of animated specials that have been done for television. Now, if you think about it, uh, you know, we we got uh, the Grinch movie with Jim Carrey in 2000. Yeah. Uh, We got the Mike Myers Cat in the Hat movie in 2003. Oh, don't remind me. Sorry. Uh, we got the, the It was such a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but again, it's it's kinda like a car wreck. You can't take your, your eyes off of it sometimes. <laughs> uh, we got the Jim Carrey uh Horton movie in two thousand eight. We got the the Danny yeah. DeVito Lorax movie in two thousand twelve, uh the Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch uh you know, Grinch movie in two thousand eight. And you gotta remember Sousa's Landing opened in ninety nine. None of these existed at that point. So now, um, and, and what's particularly interesting is if, if you're paying attention, there's a Cat in the Hat movie coming from J.J. Abrams in 2024, uh, an animated film, uh, which is supposed to be followed by a Thing 1 and Thing 2 movie in 2026, and then in 2027, there's, they're going to do a feature-length film of Oh, the Places You'll Go. So I guess what I'm pointing out here is that, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I know there are people like, oh, my God, cancel culture. And they're going to, you know, they're going to pull out the, you know, if I ran the zoo exhibit, you know, at, uh, at Seuss's Landing or, you know, they, they, they're going to pull the Mulberry Bookstore out. And it's like, you know, but it, you have to remember that, that a lot of these films were actually made by Universal. And the fact that they don't yet have representation in the park um, you know that the from a universal point of view, when you're trying to keep people interested in what is now, think about it. You know, what was the last thing that got added to Seuss's landing? The the uh, what the trolley, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And and even that would, you know uh, that was over twenty years ago. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's it's one of these situations where. You know, I, I, I get that people, oh, my God, they, they're not going to publish these six books anymore. and They're going to make changes in Seuss's Landing. It's like mm-hmm. they're potentially going to update it. They're going to bring in more modern films. This is not a bad thing necessarily. So, you know. Uh.
1: Yeah. And, and Universal, let's be honest, a lot of uh, the the dollars and cents that come from the theme parks, it's night and day compared to Disney. Uh, Universal is a huge. Universal is part of Comcast. There's a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if they're going to bring in something like this, it's going to be big. It's going to be over the top because they have the the investment mm-hmm. in the Orlando market mm-hmm. to make it good. Yep. Because right up the street, we've got something that's coming in just a couple of short years that they're going to want to bring people down for. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the domino effect, mm-hmm. but also the fact that improving uh you know seuss landing and the rest of islands of adventure Mm. that's not a bad thing i i want to see that i want to see something new going into uh you know Kids zone on the at the other park i want to see all of these things happen
0: it's interesting you say kids because if you think about it you know for example there's that green eggs and ham show that dropped yep uh on on netflix back in 2019 like i you know, I wanna say Mike, Michael Douglas is is the voice of <laughs> Sam I Am, I think. Um yeah. but you know face it, there's a whole generation of kids who that's the Doctor Seuss characters that they know. And when they go yeah. to, you know, that park it's like, Oh my god, the green hangs in hand you know restaurant, which is so rarely open these days. And and <laughs> likewise the, the the Sam I Am character and his, his companion. Who walk around the park who don't look like necessarily the, the ones from the animated series. Yeah. That-
1: I think the, the big thing to keep in mind is that you're having two ginormous attractions open up in a matter of three mm-hmm. years, which is Hagrid's uh, Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure, mm-hmm. and you have Velocicoaster. Uh, both of those require a walkway to mm-hmm. get to. So if you're going to go to the right, you're going to go through uh, Seuss Land. But if you're going through the left, you're going to go through Marvel Superhero Mm -hmm. Island and then around to uh, um, King Kong. But Mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunities within those two routes Mm -hmm. to update and re-theme and bring in more dollars and cents because both sides, you know, Zeus is incredibly popular, but on the other side with, uh, with Toon Lagoon, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot in there that's relatable to today's youth. So there's a lot of opportunity within that theme park that they're, they're putting a lot of money into it. They're going to want to get some returns.
0: Well, and speaking of putting a lot of money into it, let's now pivot to Universal's epic universe. Um, I have to ask Dustin, when did you first learn about this project?
1: I've been hearing about the 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 third theme park or fourth theme park, depending on whether or not you think um, Volcano Bay is a theme park. I'm mm-hmm. in the middle. Sure. Um, well, I heard rumors of them wanting to do something when I was working down there in like 2007, 2008. But things really kicked off in, just like everyone else, 2016, April.
0: Well, okay, again, I'm the old fart, designated old fart (laughs) on this show, so I I date this story back a a little further than that. I I go back, all the way back to September of 1998, which is when Universal bought 2,000 acres uh, from Lockheed Martin, and... At that time, uh, you know, the plan was crazy, you know, that they universal uh, because, again, they were looking at the what, 30,000 square acres that Disney had up the street. And they were like, Mm -hmm. look, if we're going to compete with Disney, you know, let's compete with Disney. So at that time on this 2000 acre parcel. They had plans to build two 18-acre golf or 18-hole golf courses, 10,000 hotel rooms, uh, 700 timeshares, and more than. 2 million square feet of retail space plus two theme parks, you know. Yeah. Um, and again, this was going to be right across from the Orange County Convention Center with the notion that, you know, the people finish, you know, or, you know, the idea is like dad goes to convention and mom and, and the kids go, you know, across the street to the park. But sure. here's the thing. Vivendi, the French media giant, which owned Universal at this time, uh, was in serious financial difficulties in 2003. And you got to remember that Lockheed Martin, um, you know, this was an aerospace company that used to test missiles on, on these 2,000 acres. And yeah. as Universal, you know, at the folks at Vivendi, you know, they, they, they're looking at this ambitious plan, Universal executive, or the folks at Creative are like, oh, by the way, we're going to need... 25 million dollars uh, because it turns out there's some toxic metal and you know <laughs> there's, there's some solvents in the ground that maybe we don't want people you know to go to at the theme park um mm-hmm. and it you know it was the whole notion that and here's Vivendi and remember this is 2003 so 911 has just happened and you know and remember there was a, a, a you know a, a months maybe as long as a year stretch where people we're frightened to get on planes and yep. weren't going to Orlando. And, and the folks at Vivendi, it's like, well, what if that happens again? And we're pouring all this money into these 2,000 acres and we're spending $25 million just to get toxic <laughs> metal out of the ground. Oh, no, no, we're not doing this. Uh, so Vivendi uh, turns around and sells the property to a developer from Georgia in 2003. Uh, but now, 10 years later, uh, you know, that, that Vivendi is sold off, uh, Universal, uh, it gets purchased by Comcast, uh, and Comcast is a company that likes the theme park business, uh, mm-hmm. so they, they want, you know, them to expand their Orlando operation, and as you mentioned, a, you know, uh, April of 2016, uh, Universal finds out that a, what is it, a 475-acre chunk, of what is now eighteen hundred acres, evidently uh, the the Georgia developer only sold off like two hundred acres, and that would, oddly enough, that was the Orange County Convention Center because they wanted to expand. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just sort of like you know, Universal finds that you know this two hundred seventy five acre chunk is on the market, and they pounce, they they snag, uh, you know the uh, you know they pay one hundred and thirty million dollars for it. And and they dig out the old expansion plans. And so now, um, you know, in effect, uh, you were just uh, talking about Alicia Stella. We have to give her credit here uh, because in January of 2019, there was a Comcast employee town hall meeting where these folks were shown the plans for what was then called Universal's Fantastic Worlds. And Alicia, God love her, I don't know how she got a hold of this stuff, but there was an informational leaflet at the meeting that she got all sorts of photos of and, and, and slides. In fact, I, I want to give her credit where credit was too. She was the first person to get the image out there of Super Nintendo world. But, but here's yep. the interesting thing. Okay. So th- again, this is January, 2019. In August 1st, 2019 yep. uh Universe's epic universe officially
1: gets announced. And we learned that the steam park in <laughs> and 2000- we were all on that, that live stream we We were watching what was and if I remember correctly, the live stream didn't actually yeah, work but 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 here's the interesting thing remember you know Alicia actually has the shot
0: of the the documentation from this Comcast town hall and very clearly yep. on that material it says Universal's fantastic worlds but here we are you know some eight months later, and now this property this this project is called epic universe and and the fascinating part of the story is supposedly it was warner brothers that objected to the universal's fantastic world name arguing that by calling uh the universal's fourth theme park in orlando uh this name it impinged on two harry potter related you know uh, uh copyrights uh the wizarding world and uh, fantastic beasts and where to find them. So, and and because mm-hmm. Universal, because it didn't want to disrupt uh, its Harry Potter licensing agreement with Warners, it's like okay, we'll find a new name. So, again, we get the yeah. project announced in uh August of 2019. Uh, you know, that they're they're, they're working away at that, that 750 acre site. Uh, you know, again, yeah. over time, that 475 acres Universal was able to pick up. Additional chunks of land from other people around there, and you know, buffed it out to uh, 750 acres. But uh, but again, uh, as we keep mentioning on today's show, uh, mid March of 2019, uh, you know, COVID happens, and, and theme parks, the Universal Orlando Resort, uh, closed at the end of, of the 15th, the end of that business day. Um, and you know, but work continues for another 45 days or thereabouts. Yeah, a month and a half. uh, Until finally, at that point, it becomes obvious that, like, wow, the parks are not going to, you know, reopen soon. Yeah, it's Uh, not the
1: two-week turnaround that everyone was saying, we're going to flatten the curve by everyone staying home for two weeks. Yeah.
0: Uh, In fact, it wasn't until June 5th that uh, the, 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 the two Universal Parks in Orlando opened. Uh, and then uh you know i I, I want to say seven or eight weeks go by and and now here's uh NBC Universal CEO uh Jeff Shell, and uh he announces uh that the parks and resorts division is pausing development of our epic uh universe project uh until the future becomes more certain uh and uh, <laughs> To, to translate what's going on here, one of the other things that Jeff revealed as part of the, this conference was that uh, revenues coming out of the Universal theme parks uh, had fallen off by 94%. Uh, and let's be honest here. Part of that is also uh, the complete closure of Universal Studios Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And the limited – I want to say at this point, what is it, Universal is only operating at 30%, 35% capacity?
1: Yeah, And that's something that's been coming up a lot recently is uh, Universal Orlando hits capacity Mm. and it's it's hitting it quicker and quicker Mm. because as the weather starts getting a little bit more, you know, sunny, everyone wants to go. But if they're only sitting at 30 to 35 percent capacity, that's... That's uh, a little, uh, a little different than a hundred percent capacity no, the, 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 when Hagrids was in, you know, full yeah. swing.
0: And 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 again, you know, that because of that, you know, revenues off by ninety four percent. You know, Universal had to make some hard decisions. And in November mm-hmm. of last year, uh, they revealed that they were laying off one thousand one hundred and twenty three team members, of which included three hundred and seventy three members. Of the team that works at Universal Creative, the folks who actually design the Universal parks, Um, and a few weeks later, on December eighth, Shell kind of elaborated on the decision and just looked, said, "We pause construction on Epic Universe because to put billions of dollars of capital in the ground when you have such uncertainty about when and how the theme park industry is going to come back, we just thought it was imprudent." So. At the moment, we paused it and we're continuing to evaluate Epic Universe over time. At some point, we intend to build that park. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we jump ahead three months and here's NBC Universal announcing that work is resuming on Universal World's Epic Universe Park. And for me, what's fascinating is who is part of. Of, of this announcement, we have uh, Brian L. Roberts, the chairman and CEO of Comcast. Uh, and he talks about how the restart of construction of Epic Universe is a terrific moment for our employees and for our theme park business in Florida. Uh, next up is Tom Williams, uh, the chairman and CEO of uh, Parks and Resorts. Uh, and he uh, again talks about excited. You know, they are uh, and then finally, uh, you know, we, we have Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings uh, chiming in. And he's, he's thrilled because it means people getting back to work. And now, yeah. mind you, uh, you know, that, that, uh, what's interesting is they kind of bury the lead here. It's like they say the restart is it will begin immediately, but it's going to take several months to reach full speed as Universal restaffs for the project. And reassembles its vendor and contractor team, uh, and you know they, they want to stress that you know the construction of the park is going to you know hundreds of jobs in the within Universal and and thousands of jobs within Central Florida, and eventually when uh, you know the, the this park is fully open, uh, there'll be fourteen thousand permanent jobs. Um, but the downside is this eleven months. That the project has been shut down is going to cost them. Uh, the opening date of Epic Universe now slides from 2023 to 2025, um, and you know, and, and you know, now where this gets interesting, you know, just to step back globally for a moment. Uh, Remember, you know, uh, this time last year, you and I were talking about, you know, that we were seeing the images coming out of Super Nintendo World uh, at uh, Universal Studios Japan and how the idea was that that project uh, was, you know, Universal deliberately built it so it would open the exact same summer that the Summer Olympic Games were being held in Tokyo, with the notion of you mm-hmm. know all of these tourists traveling to Japan, and we'll have this amazing thing. We'll have a killer summer. And
1: well, yeah, because a lot of people who have been to the Olympic Games, uh, and we had it in Vancouver in 2010. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks, when you go to the games, mm-hmm. the games is a a closed experience. You have tickets, but then you have all these different conflicting uh, events for people who are aren't able to go to a specific you know event they'll go off property Mm -hmm. or there'll be something else going on um but you're still in that area you're in that geographical area so might as well for universal's sake you know we'll we'll make sure that we have we give them a reason to come out here to uh to universal studios japan it was brilliant until
0: yeah well (laughs) again covid changed all that uh you know, first of all, uh, Olympics in Tokyo get pushed off by a full year. Mm-hmm. Uh, November of last year, Universal announced that Super Nintendo World would open at Universal Studio Japan. They actually gave a physical date: the, the yeah. February fourth, two thousand twenty-one. But then, in in January, uh, this opening gets delayed indefinitely after uh, there's a third wave of COVID and uh, the Japanese government declares a state of emergency. Uh, interesting, though. If you're an annual pass holder at Universal Studios Japan, you can, in fact, go into this part of the park, which remains in soft opening. Um, anyway, we talked at the top of the you know top of the show about how the Hollywood version of Super Nintendo World uh, is under construction, mm-hmm. still slated to be the big draw at the Hollywood Park for 2022. Uh, of course, the hope was that they'd be able to take the heat excitement from, you know, the Hollywood opening and, you know, get people excited to go to Epic Universe to experience this very same land. Uh, In 2023, that's not going to happen now uh, because that's pushed off to 2025. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, interesting thing, there are folks who are taking advantage of this. And I just want to take a quick side trip here. Uh, to talk about um, the 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 Wizarding World area uh, that, that was supposed to be built uh, as part of Epic Universe and the original plan, Dustin was this was going to uh, capitalize on the Fantastic Beast films. And, you know, the notion was that you know here uh, you know, they had expanded the franchise to include this what was eventually supposed to be a, a series of five films. So mm-hmm. you know we got our our uh, what is it? Our first fantastic beast films in November two thousand sixteen. We got the second one in November of two thousand eighteen, uh, but that only did seventy five percent of the box office that the first one did. So uh, the folks at Waters has got a little concerned. So because
1: yeah, usually it goes the other way. It's it a, does. You have it the does. first one, and then all of a sudden you do you know double or triple unless yeah. you know you're you're a franchise that needs a reboot. But yeah, it was interesting mm. seeing this.
0: Yeah. So, and, and in fact, the scary part of it was that, um, you know, I I remember, you know, talking with with friends at Warner Brothers, and they were talking about how the the Harry Potter train was coming into the station, you know, with the uh, part two of uh you know the the uh, the Deathly Hallows, mm-hmm. and you know there were a number of folks who actually went over. To work at the DC Universe because that was supposed to be, be the, the studio's next big franchise, yeah. and of course, you know, uh, you know that exploded, <laughs> and so these people were so happy when, oh my God, we're going to do more Harry Potter movies, we're going to do Fantastic Beasts. So they, they initially they announced it as a three film series, and mm-hmm. they got so excited that they bumped it out to five. But now, uh again, two doesn't do as well as they expected, so they push off. You know, they figure, all right, we need to. Work a little harder, figure out what's going wrong here. Mm-hmm. So, they push off the release of, of Fantastic Beasts 3 from November uh, 2020 to November 2021. Uh, and they're supposed to begin production on March 16th of last year. Oh, no. There we go. <laughs> All right. I, I don't need to explain what happened there. So, they shut down production, one uh, rather shut down production worldwide. They start up again uh, September this year. They film for one day, and then Johnny Depp resigns from the franchise. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Mads Mikkelsen is now going to be uh, doing the road of Geller to Ginderwald. Um But, you know, so now uh, Fantastic Beasts moves, Fantastic Beasts 3, moves from a November 12, 2021 date to now it's going to be released in theaters July fifteenth, two 2022. So it's... Forty-four months will have gone by since Fantastic Beasts Two.
1: Yeah, and almost what four, six, almost seven years since the first one came out. There's yeah. that's a, a long you know time period for a, a movie to keep relevant and for the yeah. the cast to also mm-hmm. be in that mentality.
0: Yeah, and 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 one of the point you know if you think about uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you know how. You know, just we stayed involved because the, the the films just kept coming, and, yeah. and you know for this sort of lag time. Now, mind you, Universal Creative not necessarily unhappy about this development because they were looking at the box office for the, the you know the second Fantastic Beast film, and they had an area uh, that you know for Epic Universe that was going to be tied to Fantastic Beasts, and you know there, there's been some conversations now about you know maybe we need to do something that that Potter fans are a little more familiar with, a little more excited about going to see. And so, um, you know, the, the, what I'm hearing is the Ministry of Magic now. Yep. Um, and, but what's, but the other thing, frankly, that's concerning both Warner Brothers and Universal is, I don't know if if you've been following uh, J.K. Rowling, uh, you know, what she's been up to since December of 2019, but... Yeah. She's been, you know, saying some fairly controversial things about transgender issues, um, which, again, is complicated. things for Warner Brothers, which has three more uh, Fantastic Beast movies uh, that it wants to get out the door, not to mention uh, a Harry Potter TV series for HBO Max. Um, in fact, I, I, literally, you know, just this week, uh, Thursday of this week, Warner Media CEO Jason Killer uh, is speaking at the Morgan Stanley Technical Media and Telecommunications Conference. And he says, hey, there's this little thing called Harry Potter, which is one of the most beloved franchises. And we're incredibly thankful to be partnered with J.K. Rowling. And so I would argue that that's, that's a lot of fun. That's got a lot of potential, too. <laughs> um, so, uh, look, long story short, nobody's hitting the Harry Potter panic button just yet. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that uh, – just to be completely blunt here, J.K. Rowling's you know, uh, net worth at this point is in excess of $1 billion, which means who is in a position on this planet to go to her and say, hey – can you maybe not go on Twitter and talk about transgender stuff because you're turning off a certain percentage of the Harry Potter fans, uh, which is you know could result in lower box office numbers for any upcoming Harry Potter films, or for that matter, smaller souvenir sales at, at Hogsmeade Village and Diagon Alley. Um, but again, you know, it, 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 you know, Universal Creative in a weird sort of way is taking advantage of this you know the whole notion of you know we made a promise to warner brothers about Mm -hmm. fantastic peace uh and and now maybe we don't necessarily have to do that maybe we can make a a smarter more popular choice uh, go- well, no. yeah
1: because if you look at, universe, at Epic Universe that was a concept that's been in the making for years and years and years at this point because yeah. they don't make an announcement August 1st 2019 without knowing exactly what was you know planning yep. on being in that way that means two years before that they were talking about stuff so what was popular in 2017 yep. compared to what's popular in now 2025 yeah. yeah. Things have changed <laughs>
0: now, in, a, in a weird sort of way. You know, COVID was kind of a break Yeah, uh, and, you know, let, let's see where this goes from here. But, um, and uh, speaking of things, to go, it, it's time for Justin, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's time for Dustin and I to go. Um, I, you know, but before we go uh, Dustin, uh, you know, the, the, where else can folks find you online?
1: Yeah. So I'm over at steps to magic. Uh, it's, quiet right now um but once again you know hopefully things will come back uh you know we can go across the border and go and buy things again i am so excited for this to just be all over but um yeah to uh social media as well uh steps to magic i'm on instagram at dustin Foose, at steps to magic and um you can hear me here anytime G- jim and i want to uh talk about universal stuff which is getting pretty exciting
0: Yes, it is. You know, that, that uh, again, just the fact that all of these stories broke in last the last week to 10 days, it's like. Yeah, oh, it was Lord. an
1: incredible like email chain. People were like, what do you want? Do you want this one? Do you want this one? I forgot about this one. What about this one? And yeah, yeah it's, it's it's exciting when we're not having to talk about people losing their jobs. Yes, so let's yes. just keep, you know, maintain the momentum. There we go. Uh, and speaking of keeping the momentum going, if, you, if you're looking for, for other
0: stuff to listen to, uh, we've got Disney Dish with Lentesto. We've got, uh, we've got Marvelous Disney with Aaron Adams, a gentleman who generally edits a lot of the podcasts here. Uh, just recorded a brand new fine tuning with Drew Taylor. Um, looking to record. A new I Want That with Michelle Valladolid about Disney
1: merch in the next day or so. And then. And we didn't even get to talk about the new Universal store that's opening up at CityWalk. See, there's the teaser for not, the next episode. See, there we
0: go. All right. Which hopefully will be out in two weeks' time. Uh, let's see. And, and somewhere in between there, I will finally get a new Luke looking at Lucasfilm out the door. I've, I've been spending too much time writing and not enough time recording. <laughs> I'll get that done. Anyway, uh, if you could do Dustin and I a favor, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and recommend um, again uh, Universal Joint. Uh, if you really, really like what you heard here, if you could head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that would be helpful. You did tell us where we can follow you on social media,
1: right? Doesn't yeah, and we're able to follow you uh, on every social media. I'm waiting for your TikTok to be announced.
0: And no, nobody wants to see me on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be 62 later this week. That this is I'm entering the phase of my life where I should be officially putting the cardboard, you know, the paper bag over my head. But <laughs> all right. But Nancy wants me to remind you guys. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Jim Hill Media, and on Facebook at Jim Hill Media News. And uh, I guess that's it for now, folks. Uh, look forward, uh, you know, uh, to us not getting together and talking. Further about what else we get to see in regard to Velocicoaster, which, again, you're hearing weeks, not months, right? That's what I'm hearing. Ooh, can't wait. Okay, we'll be back soon.